Welcome to New Birth Christian Ministries. We are glad you are joining us today. Our services will begin shortly. Here at New Birth, our mission is to transform our families, our schools, our community, and our city by introducing everyone to Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that Christ will change their hearts and baptize them into His family by the Holy Spirit called New Birth. The New Birth experience will begin shortly. We are going to be... <laughs> oh my God, my God. <laughs> we are going to be in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses number 15, and we're going to go all the way down to verse number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 15, and we are going to go down to verse number 18. We're not going to read it right now, but I, I want you to go ahead and grab it. Go ahead and grab it. I, I want to kind of talk to you. I want to set the story up about what we're going to be talking about um, Pastor last week started in a series called Thankful for It All. Thankful, thankful, thankful through it all. Thankful through it all. So we are going to be talking about Thanksgiving, and we are going to be talking about how God wants us to give thanks even through certain situations. Um, um, as, as the holidays approach, as the holidays approach, and as I get a little bit older, and you can't really see them, I try to pluck them out as much as possible, but as I get a few grays in my beard, I, I begin to see that each and every holiday separate, uh, uh, celebration is just a little bit different than the last one. Every holiday celebration is just a little bit different. Um, uh, family members aren't there. They just decide to not show up. Um, we have new family members because people get married. They have boyfriends and cousins that we don't know about that just show up at Big Mama's house. Um, 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 and then we, we, we see that sometimes, especially in years like this, to where we will have a political divide. And some well, last year you believed in one thing, but now this year... You believe in something else. And as I begin to get older, I begin to see that, that, that we cannot oftentimes recreate the memories that we had and that as we were growing up, as we were having when Thanksgiving and, and certain holidays would come up. But, but as I got older, I began to learn something else. And that what, what holidays, what they do is that they exacerbate what is happening in our life. You see, we are not the same this year as we were last year, whether we like to realize it or not. There are two things that we are doing. We are either progressing or we are regressing. There, there is no neutral state of mind. We're either going one way or we're going the other way. But, but sometimes I want to be sensitive to the fact that sometimes it feels like we are regressing under no might of our own. Uh, um, sometimes life will just begin to hit you and you think that you should be a little bit further on in life than where you are right now. And you have been doing everything that you have been thinking that you're supposed to do, but God has something else in store for you. And then some of us, we are regressing because, um, let's just be honest, we are not doing what God has called us to do. Uh, um, the holidays begin to remind me that last year is not this year. Last year is, is, is not this year. And, and as I begin to see that, that as I get older, I begin to learn just a little bit more. Um, um, today, we are going to be talking about gratitude. We are going to be talking about gratitude and, and how we can be thankful through it all through the lens of gratitude. And, and this isn't going to be a happy message. I'm going to let you know that right now. This isn't going to be a message to where you're going to shout and dance at the beginning. We're going to get there later on. Uh, uh, um, but, but this is a message of gratitude, and we're going to have gratitude even through sickness, health issues, aging, and understanding that life is not always going to go the way that we want it to go. Sickness and, and death and disease is going to come upon all of us, whether it's going to hit us or hit somebody that is close to us. And sometimes we don't like to talk about it, um, especially in the black family. We like to sweep certain things up under the rug, but we're going to talk about being grateful and having gratitude through it all. Because we're going to be thankful 
through it all. Um, what, what, what might seem obvious in retrospect, I, I seen this study that was done online. It was done um, by Dr. Robert Emons and then, uh, from the University of California and then Dr. Michael McCullough. What, what they did was they had three sets of groups of people. They had three sets of groups of people and they had one group of people. They said, every day, I want you to just write down um, what has happened to you that day. That's all I want you to do. I just want you to write down what had happened to, uh, to you that day. The, the second group of people, I want you to write down everything that annoyed you and everything that got on your nerves. Everything. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, I want you to go ahead and I want you to write that down. If you stub your pinky toe on the side of your bed, I want you to go ahead and I want you to write that down. I don't care how small the annoyance is, I want you to go ahead and write that down. And then there was a third group. The third group, he said that I want you to write down everything that you are grateful for that day. I, I want you to have an attitude of gratitude, and no matter what is happening in your life, I want you to write it down, even if you don't feel it on the inside, I want you to still write it down. I don't care if you write down the same thing every day, I want you to write it down. To no surprise, to no surprise, after 10 weeks, those who wrote down the things that they were most grateful for were markedly more optimistic and exhibited higher levels of enjoyment in their lives. And then an unexpected byproduct of it, they said that, and they found in the participants that wrote down what they were grateful for, watch this, y'all, uh, uh, um, they exercised more and they went to see the doctor. It seems like that when you have an attitude of gratitude, you begin to take care of your body and begin to take care of the things that God has given you. But if you have an attitude that everything is going to be annoying to you, it seems like that we say, hey, heck with this body anyway, everything is annoying me. So we're going to learn how to have an attitude of gratitude. Do you got 2 Corinthians chapter 4? You got 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15? It says this, it says, All this is for your benefit, so that grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow, overflow to the glory of God. So it says all of this. What, what is all of this? What, what, what is all of this? My, my, my first point, and then I'm going to kind of explain it. My, my first point is easy does not equal God. Easy does not equal God. You see, um, if we just take the first part, all of this, and we just keep it in this context of where it is, we would begin to think that all of this is all of the good things of God, all of the blessings of God, all of the things that you asked God to do, and he did it immediate for you. Um, we will begin to think that all of this is the things that God, I prayed for my wife, and the next day, she instant, uh, instant messaged me on Instagram. God, God, I prayed for that job. I didn't even have to apply for that job. And I got the job anyway. God, I prayed to lose weight and I woke up 10 pounds lighter. We will begin to think that all of this is just the good things of God. But, but I, I want you to, to understand who Paul was writing to and how he was writing in the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So to understand what all of this is, we have to go back just a few verses so we do not take the, uh, take the text and begin to make it a pretext and begin to pull it out of context. So it says this in 2 Corinthians 4, in chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse number 8 through 10. This is the all of this that he was talking about. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, watch this, dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also that Jesus might be manifested in our body. That, that is not a happy scripture at all. He is saying that, listen, um, I'm perplexed. I, I'm distraught. My, my body is being destroyed. People are talking about me. But all of this, all of that, all of this, we're going to learn how to be grateful through 
it all. You see, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes what we have to see is that, that oftentimes that we have a concept of God that does not um, line up with the reality of who God really is. And, and, and what I mean by that, the best example that I can kind of give is uh, um, how many of y'all got kids out there, little kids, little, little, little kids, amen, amen, um, little kids, or you had little kids. Uh, uh, um, 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 one thing that, that I kind of found out about it is that when you were going on vacation, when, when you were planning that vacation, um, the vacation when you had planned it seemed to be a lot more fun than it actually really was, if we are being honest. Because um, sometimes when we get to the airport, our flight is delayed, and, and that's, not, that's no fun. And, and sometimes the kids, they don't want to eat at the restaurants that you have chosen to eat at, but they're always hungry. We go all the way down to Florida, and you just want McDonald's? We could have ate McDonald's back home. I'm trying to, try, I'm trying to uh, find something new out. Uh, so we have this concept. We have this concept of what the reality of it really should be, and then we begin to get upset when the concept does not meet the true reality of it. You see, uh, um, some of us, we had a concept of what our husband and what our wife should be like. Um, um, we say that, that every time I tap them on the shoulder, they should roll over and have a big smile on their face. Every time I walk in the door, I should have the food laid out for me, filet mignon and, and, and the shrimp laid out for me every single day. Uh, uh, some of us had this concept that as soon as I get married, I don't want to work anymore. He's going to take care of me. And there's nothing wrong with that concept, but we have to understand that sometimes the concept is not really reality. And it's not that, that they were bad or anything like that. It's not, not that the vacation was terrible. It's just that we had a concept and we did not understand the reality. Sometimes we as believers, sometimes we as believers, we will begin to have this concept of who God is in our lives. We believe that as soon as we get saved, everything in our life should be better. We believe that as soon as I go down in the water, that I'm going to come back up and my life is just going to be marvelously have no nothing wrong in it. Everything is just going to be um, okay. But that is not the reality of the Bible. We, we have Paul here, we have Paul here, who, who, is, who is seeing that he is perplexed, that he is distraught. You see, Paul is not talking about the good things, but he is talking about the suffering. He, he, is, he is talking about the suffering. He said, listen, God, God does want to do some great things in your life. God, God, God does want to give you the desires of your heart. But, 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 but hear me, I, I, I don't want you... To have this concept that that's, that's all that's he's going to do. He's not a genie. You can't rub the bottle and then you get three wishes and then all of your wishes come true. There is something that he wants to do in us that only suffering and that only going through hard times will really be able to pull out of us. Because watch this. Um, um, we can see that the world is successful in so many different areas. We, we can see that the world, you, honestly, and, I, and I'm being real, you don't need God to get money. You, you really don't need God to, to, to get money. All you got to understand is just the concept of how money works. And all you got to do is just be a little shady on, on the inside and just, just, just kind of bend your morals a little bit and kind of lie, cheat, and steal. And you can go ahead and, and get some money. But God is saying that, that I want you to have a standard and I want you to know that if you do everything through me that yes it may seem like that you are struggling right now but I want to do something on the inside of you that everybody else doesn't have you see you would think that God is here to make our lives easier in the sense of the flesh we, we live a life that we want everything instantly at all times we, we, we live a life to where say, listen, um, if I want to know something, I don't want to have to go through an encyclopedia. I, I don't, I don't want to have to study. If it's not on the front page of Google, then it doesn't, it doesn't even exist to me. I want to Google it, and I don't even want to click on a link in order to find out the information. I want Google to tell me the information right then and there. We live a life that we don't want to have to struggle, or we don't, don't want to have to toil with anything. 
But how can God show how powerful he is in our lives if we never allow him to be powerful in our lives? How can God show you that he is strong and mighty in our lives when we never allow him and we never want him to put us through anything to show us how strong and how mighty he can really be in our lives? Just because it's easy, that does not make it God. And you see, um, um, I, I, I love this because um, this allowed me to not uh, judge people so much. Um, because I will begin to see certain people going through certain things. And, and I don't know why they are going through those things. It's not up to me to judge them. It's not up to me to decide. It's not up to me to gossip. It's not up to me to try to line the puzzle pieces and to say, oh, well, I think they're going through that because of X, Y, and Z. We have no idea why people are going through certain things. It is only our job in order to pray for them and to say, God, whatever you're doing in their lives, I hope that they find that you are the true and that you are the living God. God may be maneuvering certain things in people's lives and here we are judging them and talking about them. And God is saying that, that I'm the one who was allowing this suffering to come. Paul wasn't doing anything wrong. He was doing everything that God had told him to do. Yet he was in distress. Yet he was in distress. I, I, I love what David said. I love what David said. David said, um, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decree. My suffering was good for me because it taught me to pay attention to what your word says. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm struggling with that scripture right there. I, I, God, um, show me the good things, and then I'll pay attention to your word. So, show me the desires of my heart, and I'll pay attention to your word. But no, um, um, David was saying, um, it was my suffering that showed me how good you are. It, 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 was, it was my suffering that made me pay attention to your word. Um, you can only get that type of knowledge and get that type of understanding the older you get. You can only get that type of word and begin to stand on that the older you get. That's why I love that I am getting just a bit older because I can understand the power of these scriptures. You see, you see this right here, and I'm going to move on from this. Uh, one of the devil's biggest tricks is to make you think that he's not there. So he will bring something into your life that's easy. And because you haven't prayed about it, you're just thinking like, oh, this got to be God. This is easy right here. Uh, uh, this, 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 this didn't take any work. And, and, and watch this, and it may, not see, it may not be bad, to be honest with you. It, it, may, it may not be bad. It, it, it may be a good thing, but it may not be a God thing. It, 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 may, it may be something that's good, but it may not be what God has for you at the moment. And because it's easy and because the devil's biggest trick is to make you think that he is not there, what he is doing is he is lulling you away into thinking that everything is supposed to be easy. So as soon as any hardship comes up in your life, we will begin to look to the left and begin to look to the right and to say, this thing that I was pursuing, I didn't have any hardship. So the thing that is hard now, it can't be God. And, and, and a lot of time, um, growth comes through the friction. Gro growth, growth comes through you putting your body through something. Um, you get stronger by putting your body and beginning to tear your muscles down. So just because God is tearing something down, that does not mean that it is not him. And just because something is easy, that does not mean that it is God. I, I, I say this all the time, and I, I know I sound like a broken record, but, but how do you know when something is of God and when something is not of God? How, how can you concrete tell? Um, the only way that you can do it is by discernment. And the only way that you get discernment is by the Holy Spirit. And the only way you continue to work the Holy Spirit is by you continually to pray and to fast and to be in his word. 
You see, it, it takes work in order for you to truly be in tune with God. It takes work for you to truly hear what God is saying because the enemy is surrounding us and the enemy is always around us and he is constantly throwing things at our way. But we need to be so in tune with God that we can look at good things and say that's good, but that's not a God thing. That's why we got to constantly stay on our knees. That's why we got to constantly be praying. That's why we got to constantly be in the word of God. Come here, teens. Come here, teens. Just because it's easy, that does not mean that it is God. I, I, I saw this this past week, and, and, it, and it really hit me. Um, it, was, it was one of these fake influencers that was out there. And, and, and they had a word, and, and I'm telling you this, the word will begin to, to tickle your spirit, and, and it sounds good. He said, he said the exact opposite of what I'm saying. He said, oh, if it's easy, that's how you know God is in it. If it's, if it's easy, that's how you know God is in it. That is contrary to what the word of God is saying. That is contrary to what the word of God is saying. I'm not saying that everything is going to be hard. I'm not saying that everything is going to be difficult, but what I'm saying is don't just listen. Even test me. Even be praying right now. Even be calling on the Holy Spirit right now. Even be calling on the name of Jesus right now. We have to have a relationship with God. We, We can't just continually have a relationship based off of what somebody told you. You see, I, I'm, I'm a big Kobe fan. I, I, was, I was a huge Kobe fan. I knew everything about Kobe Bryant. I know he went to high school. I know he was named after a stake. I know that he spent some time over in Italy. I, I knew everything about Kobe. But just because somebody spit a bunch of facts out to me, that doesn't mean that I really knew him. Just because I knew about him, that does not mean that I knew him. And we can know about Jesus, but never learn who Jesus really is. Because all we do is on Sunday is that we get high because somebody can preach a good word and we say, oh, we know a little bit about Jesus, but it takes you going into your prayer closet. It takes you opening up the word of God. It takes you diving a little deeper. It takes you sacrifice some things in order for you to have a relationship with Jesus. Just because... Just because it's easy, that does not mean that it's God. My next point, my next point, my next point, um, um, my next point is that uh, we must extend grace. We must, we must extend grace. Um, it, it says this in the B clause of it. It says, for all things, for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. As we grow and as we get older, as we grow and as we get older, we must see that we must extend the same grace to people that God extended to us. You see, one of our focuses in life, one of our focuses in life should be to show others what grace in action really looks like. To show other what grace in action really looks like. Um, th- th- there was a story, th- there was a story um, that Jesus had told, and um, there was a king. There was a king, and um, one, of, one of the people that worked for him owed him a bunch of money. Owed him a lot of money, like $1,000 or something like that. I mean, that, that's, some of y'all, that's a lot. To me, that's a lot. Some of y'all are like, $1,000, I ain't nothing. I can pay that off tomorrow. To me, that's a lot. $1,000 is a lot. So he owed the king, he owed the king a thousand. Let me do a lot for a lot. He owed him a hundred thousand dollars. He owed him a hundred bands. He owed him a hundred bands. He said, I got this business idea, it's gonna take off, but he ran off on the plug. Some of y'all got that. Some, some of y'all know what it is. Um, he, owed, he, owed, he owed him a hundred bands. And, and the king was like, listen, I, I got so much money that uh, I really don't even care. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna forgive you of this hundred thousand dollars. The dude was ecstatic, dude was happy, he was he was all excited, like man, you 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 forgave me for a hundred dollars then his cousin Ray Ray owed him ten dollars. Cousin Ray Ray owed him ten dollars and then he was on Ray Ray's neck. He was like, man, you owe me $10, man. I, I, be, I better get my money. Uh, uh, he didn't want to talk to me. He, he was going on Ray Ray's door, knocking at the door like, Ray Ray, you got my $10? You, you, got, you, got, you got my 10 on you, bro? 
Going to the family events, not even want to talk to him because Ray Ray owed him $10. And, and the king heard, like, hold up, bro. Hold up. I forgave you for 100000 Here you are hounding Ray Ray for $10. So now, not only do I need my 100000 back, but I'm going to make sure that you work and you work and you work until you pay it off. And that's the same thing that God is showing us. I, maybe y'all were saved from birth, but I know I did some dirt. I did some trash. I was some places that I shouldn't be. I, was some, I did some things that I'm not a proud of. There are some things that I won't even tell nobody about what I did, but I thank God because his grace and his mercy, it began to cover me. That's why I can't talk about nobody. Because I know how much God had did for me. Paul said that I was the chiefest of sinners. I was the top sinner. I was the sinner of all sinners. But yet and still, God forgave me. So who are we to sit here and begin to judge other people? Begin to talk about other people for the things that they had did. Sometimes we need to remember. Remember not what God had did for us, but what God had brought us out from. Sometimes you just need to remember how you was in the club. Sometimes you need to remember how you had two men on top of you. Sometimes you had to remember the drugs that you had in your system. Sometimes we need to remember what God had did for you. And the older you get, you begin to see that you still keep making mistakes, but yet still God keeps forgiving you. So you can make the mistakes in front of me all you want. I'm going to say, God bless you. I don't have a heaven and hell to put you in in the first place. I just hope that you repent, but I'm going to still love you because Christ loves me. How can they tell that you are my disciple? How you love one for another. Love them the same way that you love me and guess what? This church is going to be a church that's going to love the hell out of everybody. You can come in here with all the hell and high water that you need to, but we're going to wrap our arms around you because we know that God loved us so much. We know that God loved us just enough to get us to the altar so we don't care about your problems. We don't care about your situations. There's come Let's come to the altar. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Uh, uh, we need to extend grace. We need to extend grace. I'm done. Sit, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses sixteen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses sixteen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16. It says this. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Um, um, the next thing that we need to do is that uh, we need to age with gratitude. Um, we need to age with gratitude. As we get older, we need to age with gratitude. Uh, um, the, in, the, the King James Version, it hit me, but um, it's nothing like the ghetto version, the NIV version. So I, I want to read it to you in the ghetto version. The, the ghetto version says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I, I, I love this because what he is saying is that through this walk, um, I don't want you to think that I'm Superman. This is Paul talking. I, I don't want you to think that I'm not dealing with issues of my own. I want you to know that I am getting older and my body is not able to do the things that it once was able to do. Because not only have I been beat, not, not only has things been happening to me, but age just begins to let us know that, that when we wake up in the morning, before I used to just hop out of bed. I used to just hop out of bed and, and I, now I, I got to sit up. I got to turn my legs over to the side. Put my hands on my knees. 
And because I'm slowed down just a little bit, I'm able to say, God, I thank you for allowing me to wake up one more day. God, I couldn't get up like I used to be able to get up, but God, I thank you, yet my outward man is perishing. I can't run like I used to be able to run. I can't jump like I used to be able to jump. But God, I thank you because I'm going to age with gratitude. You see, you see, I love this because I love this because if we have the perspective, if we have the perspective that that our body is aging and that we are getting older, um, we will begin to not put so much focus on the outward appearance. We, We will not begin to put so much focus on material things because we know that if our body is getting older, that just subconsciously that our car is getting older. That dream car that you wanted so desperately, that you just had to have, is going to be out of style even before you make the last payment. That, that house that you had to have, oh, you're going to be on Zillow one morning and begin to tap somebody and be like, babe, I, I, I think I want to move. I thought this was your dream house. Um, um, those red bottoms that, that you just had to have, all sis, go ahead and walk in them enough. They're going to turn to pink. Oh, oh, that, that Birkin bag that you just had to have, that, that, that bag that you, just, that you did everything for, oh, oh yeah, it's going to go out of style sooner or later. And for some odd reason, guests or somebody is going to take it over, and it's not going to be the new hot bag. As you get older and you have the perspective of, my outward man is perishing. My outward man is getting weak. My, my outward man is, is not as strong as it used to be. So I can only imagine what these material things are doing. You, you're putting your stock into something that is going to lose its value. But I thank God what the word of God says. <clears throat> because watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Our outward, our outward man is perishing. I'm going to put the picture up there. You're going to put the picture up there, y'all. I'm going to put the picture up there. You see, here, here's the picture, and I'm running out of time, but I, I promise you I'm, I'm going to go. Um, this, this picture right here is by George Frederick Watts. He's a 19th century British painter. Um, this, this picture right here is called Hope. You, you look at this picture, and you say, what hope is in this particular picture? As you see, she is battered. She is bruised. She has... Her face, her eyes are covered, and she is in a compromising position. President uh, Theodore Roosevelt, he had this in his office. um, Dr. Martin Luther King, when he was preaching the sermon called Hope in the year 1959, this was a picture that he referenced. My forever president, President Barack Obama. Amen. My forever president. President Barack Obama named his autobiography, The Audacity of Hope. It was based off of a sermon that his then pastor, Jeremiah Wright, what he had preached, called The Audacity of Hope. Uh, um, President Obama had heard the sermon, and it moved him so much that he said, I'm going to write a book because this is how my life really is. Uh, um, as you see, um, go, go on over to the, uh, to, the next, to the next slide. As you see, as we zoom in just a little bit, where it seemed like there is no hope and there is no, 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 it's all despair and everything is going on. Um, he named this hope because her body is, is bruised. She is sitting on top of a world that is, that, is, that, is, um, that is being ran by corrupt politicians, that at any moment um, we can have a nuclear war, that, that, that kids are being bombed on the daily. Um, she is sitting on top of a world to where the world is outwardly perishing. But, but she has this little string up there. She has that one little string and what you can't see in the photo because of how pixelated it is, is that um, in the photo, there's one little string. But up above her head, 
there was music melodies being played. And, and, and what I'm here to tell you today is that your outward man may be perishing. It may seem like that you have no hope, but, but there is something that God wants you to hang on to. And the something that God wants you to hang on to, it says, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. God is saying that even though you may just have one string left, even though you may just know one verse, I want you to know that verse that I want you to hang on to is that when all hell is breaking loose in your life I want you to hang on to that one string and continue to play that one string because that is where our hope comes from you see as I get older I begin to really understand Psalms 37 and 25 and it says this I have been young and now I am old yet I have never seen a righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Watch this. He is merciful, and he lives, and his descendants are blessed. You see, when you're younger, you think you have strength. You don't lean on God as much. But, but as we get older, we begin to see that we need to age with gratitude because it is the inward man that is being renewed day by day. I don't care what's going on on the outside. It is our inward man that is, that is, uh, that is growing. And you see, um, I, I love this because as we get older, we don't move as, as fast. And we begin to, to understand what the word of God says in Isaiah. And it says this, that. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have, uh, that have no might, he increases their strength. Watch this. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. You see, I, I done lost my power too many times in my 20s. I, I done fainted too many times in my early 30s. <clears throat> now that I'm in my mid-30s and, and I'm getting a little bit older, I... I began to wait just a little while longer. And as I begin to wait, I can stand on the word of God. And it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. You see, my, my outward man is continually perishing. All I'm doing is just moving just a little bit slower. But the slower I move, that means I give more grace and I give more room for God. Because now I don't want to run and get tired. Now I say, God, I need you to carry me. God, I need you to put me on my wing. God, I need you to be the one that is going to allow me to make it to another day. And here it is. And here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm done after this. I'm done after this. Second Corinthians 4 and 17. Second Corinthians 4 and 17. We have to stop looking at the outward appearance and see what God is doing on the inside. That, that's, that, that, that's, what, that's why I love I love our bishop. Our bishop taught me and Pastor Yavis. He said, listen, always acknowledge the senior saints. Always, always acknowledge them. And I really didn't get it until I really started studying this. I began to see, like, they, they, y'all have experiences that I don't have. The simple fact that, that y'all still coming to praise God, the, the simple fact that y'all been running with God a long time and y'all not tired yet. That gives me hope. You see, anybody can be on fire the first couple of weeks for God. It's easy to be on fire the first couple of weeks. But to see some of these saints who have been on fire for 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 years. Oh, I get excited about that. I know where my hope can lead me to. And to say that this, this just isn't a fad. This just isn't something that we just come to do on a Sunday. But we believe in the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, it says this. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh in a, for us far more exceedingly 
an eternal weight of glory. Look, look, Paul, Paul is talking here. Paul is not a young Christian. Paul is not somebody who was just writing this out of what he just heard, but this is something that was lived. This, this is something that Paul actively went through. It's, it's something because, like, I used to try to give, like, marriage advice based off the word of God before I got married. And I look back like, y'all should not have listened to me. <laughs> it sounded real good. But y'all said, I tried to tell people how to raise a team um, based off the word of God. But until I got a team, woo-wee. It's a whole different ball game when you're actually experiencing it and you're going through it. Because Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 11 to 23. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 11 to 23. I just want to give you, like, the context of who Paul is. Paul says, um, are, ministers of, are they ministers of Christ? Am I more? And labors more abundantly. Watch this. In stripes above, above measures, in prisons more frequently, and death all. Paul is about to tell you everything that he went through in order to keep preaching the gospel. He said, of the Jews five times I have received 40 stripes, save one. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have been in a deep. And journeys often in parallel waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. He's saying that, that people all around me have been talking about me. People all around me have been trying to rob me. In perils by the heathens, in perils in the city and in the wilderness, in weariness and painful, and watching often in hunger and in thirst. He's saying there have been plenty of times to where me preaching the gospel, doing what God has called me to do, I've been hungry and I have been thirsty. I have been cold, and I have been naked. Besides those things, the without upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul, Paul is saying, listen, I, I have been through a lot. I've, I've been through something. So, so when, I say, when I say that for our light afflictions, I'm not saying it as somebody who has never been through anything. I'm saying it that in order for us to understand it on November the 12th, 2023, is that most of us, we're not going to go through what Paul has, has been through. But I'm not also up here being insensitive of the fact that some of us have been through hell and back. That, that, that some of us, our afflictions, we thought they were going to take us out. That, that some of our afflictions are more than other people's afflictions. That, that some of us, we, we have been through so much. And somebody may be watching me online and you just may have tuned in. And somebody may be in here right now and, and they don't know what they're going to do when they leave here. Because their affliction has been so much. Um, 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 somebody may be yeah, coming here saying, I'm going to come and get this church thing one more time. I, I'm tired. I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But our light afflictions, it's, it's not light in the gravity of who you are. Because to you, they are heavy. But they're light in comparison to the glory that God wants to bring our way. They, 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 they are light. And I know, and I know, and I know it's hard to get excited about that. Because they are so heavy now. We, 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 we can't see. Like, I, I want to believe in a pie in the sky, but I, I, I don't know if it's really true or not. I, I want to believe that, that all things are working together for my good. But I have, I, I, I'm going to be honest, preacher. I, I have a hard time seeing that. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know the things that I've seen. You, you, you don't know who touched me when they shouldn't have touched me. You, you, don't, you don't know my mama and my daddy, what they said to me. You, you, don't, you, 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 don't, you don't know how they didn't even want me. You, you don't even know how my own mama gave me up. It's something for my daddy to walk out. But my own mama, the one who carried me for nine months, she, she, she gave me up. And, and you are up here talking like, oh, just brush it over and just say that everything is supposed to be okay. No, no, no. 
I know it's difficult. I, I know it's tough. And, 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 and I'm sorry if, if some believers has just told you to get over it. No, you may have to go to counseling. You, 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 may, you may have to get some real help. You, you may have to be here both services. You may have to be here 9 and 11.30. You may have to be here 9, 11.30, Tuesday at 6 a.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., Wednesday at noon, Wednesday at, at every, every time the doors of the church open. You, you may need to be here. Because this, this affliction is, is light in comparison, but it's heavy to you. And, 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 and sometimes we, we need somebody to walk with us through these afflictions. So, sometimes we need to, to just keep on going. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Don't, 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 get, don't get tired now. Listen, the afflictions are going to come whether you believe in God or not. The afflictions are still going to be here. But what he is saying is, is that you have a promise on the other side of your afflictions. You, you, you have a promise on the other side. He, he, he said that, he said that, that the afflictions, which is, which is but for a moment, it's, it, it may be 20 years, it may be 50 years, but in comparison to eternity, it is just a moment. And it says, it worketh for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. It, it, it's working something in us that is eternity. It says that, uh, um, I, I, I love it because it says this in the super ghetto uh, version. It says this, it says, and this, 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 this is the message, you got it. You already know this is a super ghetto version. It says, for our present trouble are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. It, it vastly outweighs them and lasts forever. Um, um, uh, uh, Calvin, uh, Mike, uh, can y'all bring this table up here for me? It, it, it vastly outweighs them. I was, I was running the other day, and... Um, this old school song hat came on. <clears throat> and in the old school song, um, it said, you going to get it. you going to get it. And what, what he was talking about was that his, his son was reading a cowboy, right, yeah, right there. His son was reading a cowboy um, book. And in the cowboy book, he was reading it saying, you going to get it. you going to get it. Hold on, hold on. They need over just a little bit more. Hey, Mike, Mike, they need it over just a little bit more. Yeah, you want it over here? Yeah, they, they, want, they want you to move it over here. Um, he was reading. It says, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And, and, in the, and in the cowboy and in the cowboy book, what the son had did was the son had read to the end of the chapter. And why the dad had got excited was like, why do you keep saying you're going to get it? He said, because I read to the end of the chapter. And I found out that the cowboy is going to defeat the bad guys. It, it seems like in every story that the bad guys was winning. But the bad guys couldn't kill the cowboy. All they could do was just sit here and just beat him in the, in, in, at the moment. Um, I'm somebody who I like to read or I like to um, watch the end of the movie before I go see the movies. I'm weird like that. I will YouTube the end of every movie I watch to see what's going to happen before I go watch the movie. So when I go watch a movie with AJ and we go watch a Marvel's movie, um, what happens is, is that AJ knows that I like to see what's going to happen at the end. Um, but he doesn't want to know what's going to happen at the end. So when they're getting into certain fights, AJ begins to read my body language. And if I'm sitting there all calm, cool, and collective, 
He knows, oh, at the end, I know that Black Panther was going to win because my dad is calm, cool, and collective at the moment. But, but if Black Panther was going to lose, I know my dad will be a little tense right here because he knows what's going to come at the end. That's the reason why I love a multi-generational church because I can tell you something that's going on in my life in my 30s. And Elder Wingrove would just sit there and not be all flattered and not be all flustered. He's going to say, oh, I went through that just a few years ago. And let me tell you how God had brought me out. Um, um, every time affliction shall come upon us, we shall begin to look at that affliction and say, oh, you going to get it. Oh, oh, oh you going to get it. I'm going to survive this. I'm going to make it out of this because the word of God says the affliction is not going to take me out, but the affliction is going to make me stronger and it's going to talk about the eternal glory that I'm going to have when I make it to heaven. So I'm not saying that you should look at afflictions and just be like, oh, they don't mean anything. What I'm saying is that you should look at afflictions and say, oh, I thank God because that means I'm just getting a little bit stronger. I thank God for everything that I'm going through because that means that my weight in heaven is just going to be a little bit more heavier, that the glory that God wants to give me is just going to be a little bit better. The afflictions are not here to take us out, but they're here to make us stronger. What we learned today, what we learned today is that easy does not equal God. We're going to extend grace to everybody that we see. We're going to age with gratitude. And we're going to know that affliction is temporal, but our glory is eternal. Our glory is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, this is my last verse, and it's the last verse of the Bible, I mean, of, of the chapter, and we're done. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but are the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, I got, I got this up here. I got this up here. I got this right here. Okay. All right, let me see how, how I'm going to do it. AT, can, can, I, can I try the uh, wireless? <clears throat> okay, all right, the wireless. We're going to try the wireless. Okay, all right. So how many of y'all know what happens when you put Coke and Mentos together? It makes, it, it makes a little explosion. Okay, so what I'm going to do here... Uh, Okay, what am I do? Oh, oh, here it is. Right. So I'm going to take this. I got this bowl. I had to call my mama this morning. Uh, they call me last minute Mackie because I always wait. I call my mama this morning like, Mom, you got, a, you got a punch bowl? And it's my mom. Mom got everything. She got, she got me a punch bowl. And I got the punch bowl so I don't make a big mess. So what I'm going to do is uh, I don't want to make a huge, huge mess here. I just want to make a little mess. Uh, I got, I, got the, I got the Coke bottle. I got Coke Zero. I got a few more in case anybody wants some Coke Zero a little bit later on. I got some, so I'm going to open this. I'm going to open this, do a little science experiment here. If I can get it open. I'm going to tell you, the, the devil was working. I don't know if it was a devil or just a science, but somebody was working this morning. So I got some Mentos. I'm going to go ahead and get these Mentos out, out of here, put them on the table um, to get it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pour a little bit out because I don't want it to explode just all over the place. And, but I, I want you all to see what happens when you put, like, Mentos in, um, and Coke and stuff like that. So I'm just going to pour a little bit out and pour a little bit more, pour a little bit, a little bit more. We got a little bit more. It's fizzing up. All right. Okay. So that's there. And I'm going to go ahead. Y'all got it? Y'all got it? Y'all got it? Okay. This is what happens when life hits you. Life will hit you and then you will begin to explode. Um, um, when, you put, when you put Coke in there, when you put Mentos in Coke, it wasn't as big a, as I wanted it to be. But when you put it in there, you see that you begin to overflow. You begin to bubble over. Be, because life is going to hit all of us and, and we begin to, to bubble over and we begin to see like, I, I don't know how I'm, I'm going to make it. I, I, I'm, this life is just so much that I just can't take it on the inside so we just explode. 
that, 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 that's why our young men, that's why they explode sometimes because they have no outlet. They, they, don't, they don't know what to do. They just, they just explode. That, that's why some of us, we, we, we just explode. But, but watch this. Um, I got some oil here. And the oil a lot of times represents the Holy Spirit. The, the, the oil represents that what happens when we go ahead and get the Holy Spirit on the inside. So I'm, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pour some out. I'm going to pour some out, pour some out. Y'all see that it exploded the first time. You get to make sure that it's, that it's about even. And go ahead and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pour in some oil. And when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't mean that life is not going to hit us. It, it, it doesn't mean that life is not going to come and to do certain things. Hold on. Let me, let me try to remove uh, this wrapper uh, this off of here because I want you all to see um, what, what happens. So you see that the oil is sitting on top of you right now. The oil is sitting on top of you. And then once you begin to, to get life situations at you, it, you don't fizz as, as, as much. But you see that a little chemical reaction is happening on the inside right here. You, I hope y'all can see that, that you're bubbling just a little bit more. But, but once you get God, you, you, you don't explode like how you used to explode. Um, um, the same life situations begin to hit you in. You begin to bubble on the inside, but you don't begin to bubble over because the Holy Spirit is just throwing things at you. And then what the devil will keep trying to do is the devil will keep trying to throw things at you in order for you to keep bubbling it. He said that I was hitting you before you got saved, but I'm really hitting you now, and you just keep bubbling over. You just keep bubbling, but because the Holy Spirit is on top of you, you're not going to bubble over. Because the Holy Spirit... You are not going to bubble over. That's why I don't care what y'all think about me. That's why I got to jump in my step. That's why I come praising God because you don't know the hell that I have been through. And I'm just bubbling on the inside. And praise is the way that I say thanks. So excuse me if I seem a little strange. Excuse me if I just can't keep it to myself. But praise is the way that I say thanks. I don't thank God for my cars and my houses and my clothes. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for keeping me when I didn't want to be kept. I thank God for allowing me to come into his house one more time. The devil threw everything that he had at me, but God said, I'm going to keep you another day. God said, I'm going to keep you another week. God I said, I'm going to keep you another hour. Do I have at least 15 people in here that know that it was the Holy Spirit that kept you this week? Just begin to give God some crazy praise. God, this week I felt like hell, but guess what? I won't bubble over. This week wasn't my best week, but God, I didn't bubble over. I didn't get the promotion that I wanted, but I thank God that I didn't bubble over. The kids still didn't come home like I wanted them to, but I thank God that I didn't bubble over. God, I got an unexpected car repair, but I thank God that I'm not going to bubble over. I had to go to a funeral this week, but I thank God that I didn't bubble over. When I am weak, God saying, don't bubble over. When you're strong, God saying, don't bubble over. When you're going through depression, God is saying, don't bubble over. The Holy Spirit will begin to keep you. The Holy Spirit will begin to show you that something is stirring on the inside side but I am not going to react how I used to react when I was in the world but I have the Holy Spirit do I have anybody in here 
and that can begin to testify and that can begin to say that the Holy Spirit it kept me another week that the Holy Spirit is the one that is keeping me I know that it's hard to get excited about the Holy Spirit sometimes. And the reason why it's, it's hard to get excited about the Holy Spirit is because we can't see the Holy Spirit. That's why he's saying, I don't want you to look at things that you can see. But the thing that you can't see, that's where you should get excited about. I know it's hard because um, we want to shout for the clothes, for the cars, and the man. But I know that somebody in here says that Holy Spirit I need you to activate Holy Spirit I need you stronger in my life than I've ever had you before um, 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 uh, and I'm done um, I, uh, there was this there was this meme uh, that came out last year um, it has said um, what's that she was like it's a chicken sandwich she was like you better go get you one of these um, um, when you see me praising and shouting and getting all excited, um, when, when you ask me um, what it is, I say it's the Holy Spirit. Um, you better go ahead and get you the Holy Spirit. You better go ahead and call on the name of Jesus. You better go ahead and get filled with the Holy Ghost. What he is saying is we do not, and I'm done, we should not get excited just about the things that we can see. But it is the things that we can't see that we should get excited about. And, and we need to be people who understand that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is the most important thing in your life. It will keep you from doing certain things that you don't want to do. Praise the worship team. You can come. It is the Holy Spirit. It says this, it says, so fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The old song says this, it says, I have seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me to still fight on. He promised to never leave me. Never leave me alone. The Holy Spirit was saying, I'm going to be where he said that I come. And when I go, I'm going to send back the comforter. And that's how he's never going to leave you alone. Our prayer warriors, y'all can come. Our prayer warriors, y'all can come. We're going, to, we're going to learn to be grateful through it all. We're, we're going to see that just because it's easy, that does not mean that it is God. We're going to learn to extend grace to everyone. We're going to, we're going to age with gratitude, our afflictions are temporal, but our glory is external. If there is anybody in this room, we can all stand. If there is anybody in this room that doesn't know who this Jesus is that we are talking about. You don't, you don't know. You don't know about having the Holy Spirit, you would say, hey, um, I, I came up and I got prayer, but I, 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 I don't know if I really have the Holy Spirit or not. I don't know if I have that thing that is keeping me from bubbling over. I, I don't know that if life hits me this week that I can call on the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of me and to keep me from losing my mind. And listen, it's, it's no shame. It's no shame in your game. The Bible says that we should be full of the Holy Spirit, which leads us to know that we can have it and not be full. If you say, I just need more of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. God bless you.
You're saying, I just need more. I ask you to come. If you know, amen, I see you, I see you. If, if you know, if you know that you are struggling right now with gratitude, and we're going to be thankful through it all, we want you to come. Lord, we just want you to be glorified. want to say thank you God today is our second Sunday and of our, on our second Sundays is our baptism Sunday I, I, I don't know the exact number but I think it's like 10 12 or something like that that's be oh come on now I, I know I know it's it's kind of crazy because we always get these numbers. Like, we always have multiple. But, but this doesn't happen everywhere all the time like this. this. This is truly a miracle that this many people are getting baptized. If, if you got to go, you got to go. But I, I want you all to celebrate these people getting baptized. You got family. You can go ahead and you can come on up and you can watch them. Go ahead and get baptized. I, I got some of my team members. Some, some of my teens is getting baptized. And I, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm, about to, I'm about to throw this mic. I'm, I'm just ecstatic because I know what God is doing. And God is moving. Take the honor. 